Uh, people that are new to it, though, might not understand that you can do that. They hear the yeah. word race, and they think, well, you, might, you have to go out there and smash or not do it at all. And there is this place in between that all of us bikers know we can do that. Yeah. Like, we're all comfortable with that. But somebody yeah. new to it might not understand you can do that. That's a really super good point. Um, you don't have to be good. You know, you, like, <laughs> we're all you, proof of you, that. You, you, Hey everybody, welcome to the first number one uh, issue. Is this an issue? What do you call it? Welcome it to the number one. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the number one uh, soiled cycling podcast. My name is Matt Golson, and here with me is Hank Diders, Gabriel Arnoni. All right, let's take a minute. We'll talk about uh, our hosts here and what we're doing. Uh, we're currently in. This is live. We're recording live uh, for our first podcast here in the Bike Surgeon, uh, Southern Illinois' premier cycling shop, surrounded by the uh, accoutrements and the uh, uh, characters. yeah the characters that would be in this shop. Uh, I am a uh, wannabe cyclist who enjoys um, uh, cycling and, <laughs> and, uh, and YouTubing. And uh, before that, I did a blog for a long time, which actually got me quite a bit of notoriety for a short time. And so let's go over to Hank now. So Hank Diners, I am a cyclist that does everything I can to stay ahead of Matt Golson <laughs> in whatever we do, mountains, successfully, bike, very successfully, gravel, road, whatever it's going to be, I need to stay in front of Matt. That's my whole mission with cycling. No, I'm just a local cyclist. I like doing all the biking that I can. It's hard to do all of them. So I mainly focus on gravel and road. And right now, a lot of time trials. I have a time trial coming up. I love the mountain bike racing. You know, Gabe forced me into that earlier this year, and it was an absolute blast. And uh, I want to get back into that as soon as I can, as soon as I have time for it. And this is Gabriel. I'm maybe the cycling industry insight into this when I'm not twisting. He's the insider. Yeah, the insider. When I'm not twisting people's arms into making them race, I guess. You know, I do some racing myself, mostly a mountain biker. Uh, I do some gravel on the side and some road when I can hit it. All right. Well, thanks, Gabe. Thanks, Hank. Uh, okay. So our podcast, uh, we this was something that Gabe has talked about now for about two months, I think, and I, I thought he was really not that serious, so I didn't really put a lot of thought into it. It sounds awesome. It's something I wanted to do, but it's almost like, ah, he don't really want to do that. He's just messing with me, but now we're doing it, so I actually had to think about it for a minute, and I thought about our purpose. Our purpose, I think, guys, is mostly just Southern Illinois. I mean, we're not going to do news. Nobody's coming to us for racing news about what's going on at Worlds because there's better places for that we're just covering what's going on in southern illinois i think we can cover that really well and kind of the general region and southern illinois riders so it's a pretty dynamic place we got a lot going on here we got a lot of riding we want to make it better right and between the three of us i think we participate in all these formats kind of all over the region so uh, between the three of us we've got yeah. everything covered from river to river even across the river a little bit. Yeah. Um, so there's, and that's the events all the way through the year because we're all busy through the winter time and all the way through the summertime. And I don't know what's coming up for you guys, but there's a lot coming up for me in the fall. So I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I don't have anything on the books quite yet. I actually looked at it today. I think 
DSR, Dirty South Bay is actually the next thing that's like official yeah. on my calendar. 2024. Yeah. 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 Well, there's Cannonball, and then there's yeah, Yellow Chip Road. Uh, we were talking about upcoming gravel races in October. So we got two big ones in October. Um, I don't know much about it. Yellow Chip Road used to be Dirty... Ellen, Dirty Kansas, Illinois. I don't. I didn't even know this ride existed till Sean Hargis was telling me about it last night. They changed the name to Yellow Chip Road. You ever heard of that? No. Where, okay. you know where it is? I don't even know. I don't know anything about it other than it's a race it's and be, people know about it. Gonna people, be in the show notes. Most people, yeah, <laughs> check the show notes. And then uh, we have the Cannonball Run. So Cannonball Runs put on by the uh, other bike surgeon. The other one, which is in. Um, that's uh, John Greenstreet's bike surgeon in O'Fallon now. So they do a cannonball series. And that's going to be a pretty hilly, tough gravel ride over in Chester, opposite side of the state kind of. So those are coming up. Okay, so let's get into our topics here, guys. The first topic I come up with on the show notes here is what keeps people from riding. So what this was um, about... I, I've always really, really liked group rides. I like big group rides, but you know, the bigger sometimes the harder to manage. Uh, I've been doing this ride in Ducoin, the St. Nick's group ride. When I started 15, 20, I think some nights we had maybe like 25 people. And this group ride had, you know, proper like A, B, and C groups, uh, usually kind of like an A plus group. And I love this ride. It's probably one of the <laughs> it's one of the reasons why i moved because i wanted to move a little bit closer to it it's like an hour and something from my house where i used to live but lately this ride's been dwindled down i've noticed a lot of group rides seem to be kind of losing some ridership especially in the b and c group rides so i wanted to see if you guys have noticed that and if that's something you want to address or talk about if you have any ideas or if i'm just lost yeah. on that I mean, I've definitely noticed that. I don't show up to all the road rides. I've been seeing, I've been getting invited to like a lot of gravel rides, yeah. mountain bike rides. But the road rides I show up, yeah, like four to seven is probably where about max out. That could be like heat somewhat right now, but I, yeah. I don't know if that. Yeah, well, it's, it's, been, it's been weird with the mountain bike rides last year. Yeah. When the heat showed up, like, yeah. No one was coming, but I've actually seen quite a good amount of people showing up so yeah i don't know if that's just a different so the mountain bike rides you're not seeing that yeah i'm not seeing that in the mountain bike rides well that's awesome i don't know if that would make a difference with the road yeah and the schedule for everyone changes this time of year because after school um so people that are in that category um are going to struggle with finding the time to do group rides they're probably still riding i see them on strava riding people ride kind of Odd places and odd times I see this time of year. Yeah. Um, but it seems like the spring and early summer is when we have this big bolus of people that want to ride. Yes. Like, they're yeah. ready to roll. Should we mention what road rides? Yeah. Let's talk, go, let's talk road rides. So, Tuesday nights, St. Nick's, DuCoin. Wednesday nights, St. Nick's, Airport. Airport. And Wednesday night, mountain bike ride. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. much a standard thing. At Touch of Nature. Touch of Nature. And then Thursday night... We're doing the crit, crit, rides. crit rides. Thursday night, you know, it's not a race. The crit ride. <laughs> I love the term drop ride. It's a drop, use. yeah. It's, that's it's what the, it is. It's a Justin Pole drop ride and uh, exactly <laughs> what it is. And I experienced that. Uh, Saturday mornings, has that been hit and miss a lot this year here? Yeah, 
I think we really got hit by weather. I yeah. think at the beginning of the year. I'm not sure what else was going on it like you said hank like at the beginning of the year it seemed like we're going pretty good when the weather was good but that could have been you know two weeks we didn't ride and then that one week you can ride everyone was showing up because they hadn't ridden but yeah it seems like right now we're probably at five is five maybe the average yeah it's about the same five yeah you know what's crazy this spring, and I've never seen this in my years cycling in the area, is we had this big group of really strong riders. Yeah. Everybody, almost everyone we normally bike with did the Dirty South this spring. Mm-hmm. So they came into this season ready to roll. Yeah. So everyone was motivated to get together and ride and try to crush each other. We were doing that uh, Bloody Williamson ride. Yeah, night. yeah, we had a Sunday we had ride. Six, seven, eight people that were ready to go out there yeah. and smash. And it was a, I yeah. forgot about that one. Yeah. yeah, that was a fun, fun ride. But that dwindled over time as well. I don't know if our fitness started to suck, so we stopped showing up. Or well, well, it was Sunday is when like it was perfect. Three o'clock on Sunday afternoon is perfect in spring, but then it's like okay, if it's going to be ninety-five degrees outside, if I can ride, I might go ride in the morning, or I might not wait till yeah, three. That's true. So my theory on at least the, the ride I was talking about is I noticed that when a lot of our B group riders showed up and there was only one or two of them, they would do their best to stay in the with the, you know, like I say A group or whatever. But um, for, you know, even trying really hard to keep them with the group, they tend to slip back. And then you may not see them show up again for a long time. So it's sort of like I think maybe a little bit frustrated nobody wants to go to a group ride and do five minutes with the group and then you know struggle and keep getting dropped especially people who think that they're holding up the group which is usually the exact opposite you know usually it's like we're you know we're trying our best and they're like no just keep going just leave me back here just keep going we're like come on man you can stay with us why are you quoting me i'm right here (laughs) yeah no that's not you that's me anyway okay so we got lots of opportunities for group rides and you know like there's I guess that kind of leads into my second topic I had on here, which you guys feel free to jump in with yeah. anything you want. But I just um, and and it kind of leads me to to like you know like should you start racing or do you want to start racing? Um, if you're interested in that, like um, is that a a good idea? <laughs> is it B? Is it tenable? Uh, is it possible around here? What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I don't know. There's like races and then there are events. Yeah. And there's events that are races. I feel like there's like two big distinctions there. Right. So, I don't know, the grassroots types of stuff, you know, the barrier to entry is pretty low. Yeah. They're kind of there for you to test the waters. Yeah. I agree. A lot of people that go into the bigger races, like the Dirty South, or I just did the Dust Bowl. You go into it with a plan, and you, you want to attack this thing. You want to do well. If my training didn't go well, I would still go do it, and I'd treat it as a fun event. Yeah. Right? I would go have a good time, and I'd go ride what I could. My training did okay, for example, in that case, or the Dirty South. You know, if something happened, gear broke, you know, kid got sick, and I couldn't train, and I suddenly had to change my priorities, it would go from going to go out there and try to do my best to going to go out there and just have a fun ride. So yeah. it's easy to slide back and forth. Uh, people that are new to it, though, might not understand that you can do that. They hear the yeah. word race, and they think, well, you might, you have to go out there and smash or not do it at all. And there is this place in between that all of us 
bikers know we can do that. Yeah. Like, we're all comfortable with that. But somebody yeah. new to it might not understand you can do that. That's a really super good point. Um, you don't have to be good. You know, you, like... <laughs> we're all proof of you that. Can, you can look at... Yeah, well, you can look at me. You know, like, I've been doing the Dirty South as a race now for several years. And, you know, like, my goal's been to break five hours. And every time I can't do it, there's always some reason. And then, you know, like, even five hours is, what, two hours behind the winners? Two and... Or more, yeah. you know, it's like three twenty, three thirty. I think that uh, you know when I look at like people who run, um, or I look at the triathlon crowd, those guys have the right attitude about events, where it's like they're not embarrassed because they weren't. There's not like a peloton you have to stay in. It's a lot more fun. Uh, Pat's taking pictures. Does Pat, you want to get in here? What do you think? We're talking about, you know, barriers to, like, why people don't want to get into, like, events and racing and stuff. We've got shop owner Pat refusing to talk here. Uh, here <laughs> it goes. A, it's a profound question. Yeah. I don't know that I've got a great answer for it, but it's it's kind of like the first time you jump in a pool. Yeah. Once you do that, you're, it's, you're doing it ten times a day. You yeah. Know? It's, mm -hmm. You just got to take the plunge. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no... There's no, there's the entries, the barrier, the barriers to entry that you create in your mind are oftentimes in your own mind. You know, you don't have to be like none of us are compared to moving up the ladder. None of us are good. You know, it's like we're good for who we are, and that's what matters. Okay. Yeah, they're I, not going to talk about any I, of us on other cycling I, podcasts. No, no, no. That's why we have to make our own. I know, like at the Catalyst races, some of the people that felt like we're having the best time were like people that showed up. On their huffy, you know, yeah. like like right. they, they yeah. hadn't ridden a bike in a couple weeks. They showed up. There's a mountain bike race in Carbondale. They just wanted to check it out, and then they were like bloodied and <laughs> like their bike had broke. And you saw them in the in the beer line or the hamburger line, and they were like, "I had the best of times." There you yeah, go. And they're like, sharing their war stories from the trail with their, with, with the winners of the of the races. I mean, right. these races are are like that. People think that. Cyclists, I, mean, I used to think this before I did cycling specific events that they were a little more elitist than the triathletes that I hung out with. Right? Mm -hmm. but that absolutely is not true. And the winner of a, of a local race will be glad to talk to the person who comes in last. And they'll be there cheering, guaranteed they're there cheering for you as well if you're coming in towards the end of the, uh, of the group. So, yeah, and the guys, you're right about the people on the inexpensive bike that didn't spend a bunch of money on it and didn't put a bunch of time to it they come back laughing and giggling and high-fiving just like everybody else right it's yeah just the nature of it okay so next topic up to look into just kind of carrying on from that clubs and teams like so if you are interested if you're in southern illinois and you're like man i want to get into this but i don't know where to go what what should you do well you can look if you want to link up with people, I have a website, a Facebook group called Marion Illinois Cycling Club. I call it Marion Illinois because there's other Marion Cycling Clubs. Um, that's a place to at least make contact with other people. If you want to post something or start a group, probably can put it there. Um, it's not a club, though. Someone contacted me yesterday and said, hey, how do I join the club? And I said, well, 
that's the name of the page, but it's not actually a club. I would love for it to be a club where we can have regular meetings and we could have jerseys. And we, we've actually designed a, a pretty sweet jersey. Um, I'll show you guys sometime. Um, so that if we do ever build that into an actual club that meets regularly and has members and events, then you know we can do that. But right now, that's not really a club. But clubs like St. Nick's, on the other hand, actually do all those things that maybe we can do here locally sometime. Yeah, I guess the question was, what clubs are there are or is it just like how do I find where people are riding kind of both you know yeah. like like is that I, I think you know if, if you look into like clubs St. Nick's is probably the, the biggest most organized one and it's really the, it's really the only like official one but I mean you know like I see guys wearing bike surgeon you know jerseys oh, yeah, and yeah. you could come to this shop and th- you know, talk to Gabe and get tons of information about, you know, where you need to go, where you need to check That's out. probably, actually, I enjoy that. That's one of the best times of my day is someone coming in that's, like, new and, like, where should I go mountain bike? And I'm, like, I, I this is, I'm here for this right now. And definitely that's, like, one of my favorite things is to, like, help someone new actually get out on the trail. Because I know when I was getting into it, it was, like, Hush, hush. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like we like, used to keep the mountain bike trails secret because technically we usually weren't really supposed to be riding them. So it was sort of like an insiders club. We gave them like secret names like the Blue Goose and uh, uh, Trash Can. Oh, my favorite one. This is a story. We'll throw this in here. One of the trails we used to ride is called Apple Pie because this crazy guy that mountain bikes literally ate an apple pie out of the trash at the start of the trail like he found he faced uh, rick humphreys by the way a lot of mountain bikers especially back in the 90s were sort of mentally you know i don't know ill i don't know but, anyway, but, but he uh, he found this like beautiful apple pie that somebody had taken one slice out of and then they'd thrown the rest of it in their campground trash and he just was like, oh, I'm eating that, you know, and pulled it right out. So that's that's how oh, trails they, used to get their name. Now they actually have numbers. <laughs> what, what what trail was that? No. Uh, that's one horse, top of one horse gap. Okay. Um, that was um, a spot, and it was where people used to camp a lot, and there was like five trails that kind of mm-hmm. you could hook up from there. But I don't even ride there anymore. Nobody does because we've got better places to ride for the most part. Then, but that was you know that was that was the '90s mountain biking here. It was like an underground club. I mean, you had to know someone to get in. It was like Fight Club. Well, I think it was like I got into mountain biking probably 2018, yeah, 19, and it was like right on the verge. Yeah, that was like right on. I kind of figured out like what Strava was. I looked at heat maps. Yeah, and I could kind of see like oh, there's a ton of little tiny squiggly lines that aren't on a road. They must be mountain biking <laughs> yeah. there, and so <laughs> I would I would just I would just go like explore, and eventually I ran into like the Glendale crew. It was like Matt Carey and them, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Hey, random guy out in the woods, like, do you want to go have a hot dog and a beer?" Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, "Yeah," because I'm lost and I don't know where I'm going, and. Actually, Matt Carey drove me yeah. back to my car. They were at the Dixon side. Yeah. And I had parked at Glendale. And it was like nighttime, the time yeah. we'd all ate and stuff. So shout out to Matt Carey. Give me yeah. a ride. Yeah, Matt Carey has done a lot for mountain biking here uh, for sure. Man, that guy has put in a lot of time keeping Glendale and making it what it is. 
Uh, okay, well, hey, I think that covers that. So that's most of the main topics I had. I had three funny Golson stories, which I don't know if I want to. I want to throw this one out there because once, oh, I did a video where I made fun of through axles, and um, uh, Gabe here was like, through axles are the bomb, and they're way better, and I'm, I'm still not a big believer. So this is we're going to transition over to kind of like tech talk now. I guess this is tech corner, but uh, through axles, I think they're – Tech tip Thursday. Yeah, tech Thursday. <laughs> um, so this funny story, but I, I recently did like a week-long ride with kind of like a touring ride, pretty low-key, you know, this is pretty laid back. But one of the riders had a Turbo Creo, which is a really nice specialized uh, e-bike. And they had a flat. Somehow they had a flat on their 32 Gator Skin Ultra tire or something. But anyway... No one on the ride could figure out how to get the through axle back in. Like it just they they sit there and spun were, it. Were these people of a certain age? These were all old people. Yeah, these were these were very old people. And so I saw the bike being rolled in. First thing I thought was dead battery, and I'm like, ha ha ha, dead battery on your e-bike. But then I found out that they couldn't get the through axle started. And I'm like, oh, okay, and, you know, I started looking at it, and and it took me about five minutes of playing with it to finally get the through axle started and i kept thinking i'm like if only we had gabe here he could he could master this through axle but you know that's never happened i don't know if anybody's ever really had that problem with like a regular old quick release wheel which are much better yeah i've had the struggle with the through axle where you couldn't get it to thread on yes. the other side when i was first fiddling with them and I'm putting pressure and adjusting and putting it and i couldn't yeah. figure out i thought i was going to strip I, that I, thing out I, yeah. I didn't know oh, yeah it's tricky i, I do think like the quick release axle because it has just more pieces can be confusing for newer riders like the through axle yeah. I, you got to take it, that thing out it, then you can lose it yeah so the through axle is maybe easier in principle but you can have like those mess ups like man why aren't my threads well and also you can mess that up like a through axle isn't an inexpensive yeah it was like 40 probably 40 dollars for a through axle but I know, being in the shop, I see a lot of quick releases not installed correctly. Not in the frame all the way? Not in yeah. the frame all the way. Crooked. Crooked. Also, just most people don't know how a cam yeah. works, so it's just like tighten, tightened up. And I've, I've had wheels come off before on the quick releases. I didn't snug them up far enough. It was crooked on one side. Uh, a through axle won't do that. Usually. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine a way of failing on a through axle, but on a quick release, there's potential for it not being snugged up properly, which I've done that. So I prefer the through axle because I feel like I can pound on that thing. It's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, for sure. Even in the shop, there's sometimes a through axle that comes in. And you're like, I'm about to strip a thread, or like, why isn't this not going in the straight? Yeah, I have to look from the other side. Well, we'll just have to leave that. I guess they, you know. Pros and cons. Yep. Um, okay. So what, what ended up happening with the? You get you got it figured out. I, I I did. I put the. They were blown away because they had been literally out on the course <laughs> for like 15, 20 minutes fiddling with this. Like every rider in their group, there was like six or seven of them. This is a ride where like only really two of us have modern bikes. Everybody else is riding like '90s era touring bikes. So I mean, there was there's most of these folks. They're not really up to like bike tech, you know, they kind of, they got into it and they haven't really progressed, you know, they're still riding like steel road bikes, which is cool. I mean, they're, you know, but you know, these are like touring riders, right? You know, like, um, they're, they're weird, you know, like you pay somebody $500 
so that you can go on a ride and they'll carry your gear, but then you go ahead and put panniers on anyway so you can carry your gear and ride 12 miles an hour. Um, I you, never. <laughs> were you on a modern bike? I, oh, well, yeah, okay. Well, that leads me to Golson's story number two. I took my, uh, I've been riding my old CAD 9, Cannondale CAD 9. Yeah, I mean, calling it a modern bike is, is it's pretty modern in a lot of ways. It's nine speed. Um, the bike is aluminum, and CAD 9s were, they're, you know, pretty awesome frame and everything. But um, I rode that bike for a week, and then I come home and jumped on my Tarmac, which is got newer 11-speed parts on it. And I was blown away by the difference in, like, just the feel of the ride. Um, all the little things that were driving me crazy. So, like, the cables coming out of the shifters, you know, they come out of the side of the shifters. Like STI. The old STI, the cables didn't run underneath the bars. And I had, I wore the skin off my thumbs from those cables. Like, I was constantly hitting those all day long. And I was like, why? Whoever thought this was a good idea? And it never used to bother you. Now, you don't know what you are missing, you know. Don't make fun of my bike later. Yeah. When we, when we hit the, you got uh, the cables coming out. Yeah, when we hit the crit yeah. course, you'll yeah. see. Well, well, you'll better than, well, it's better than, you know, if you have the down tube shifters. Yeah. I remember the first time working in the shop. I rode a, had to like test ride a bike with down tube shifters. Yeah. And I'm so used to having the hoods. Yeah. You know, like just kind of stir up your hands in. Yeah. And I just like hopped on that bike, like, okay, I'm going to go for a test ride. And I about lost a hand like <laughs> off the front because they have a, a half inch little hook. Yeah. For, for your hands on the brakes. Yeah. I, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll show you another one like that on my time trial bike. Yeah. Like next time I bring it into the shop. That's my setup that was a down to oh, yeah. cannondale uh, from the early 90s so yeah, got very to, small those hoods tiny yeah tiny hoods and no tops just yeah. yeah yeah just the yeah little tiny hood i've got uh carbon wheels on my tarmac and i you don't realize just how much stiffer and responsive those kind of wheels are until you spend you know a week on old kind of noodly wheels and like how different that feel how much difference that feels um i don't know what else was really different did you, did you feel that on like descents did you have descents there because you're like a fast descender i know some, during the dirty south like yeah there's not too many people that can descend faster than me and i remember i was just like kind of noodling along and you went past me yeah like by the the bacon station i do like to and, descend and I, and I was like oh there's golson i can go ride with golson and he's just like kind of walking away from me and i'm like okay like put a little more power in He's still walking away from me. I'm like, okay, well, I guess Golson is gone down this hill. So the one thing I'm good at is downhill uh, when it's not too hard. But uh, uh, that was the biggest reason I rode that bike is because carbon rim brakes, I didn't trust them. And um, especially because I knew there was possible riding in the wet. So I wanted to take a bike. I trusted the brakes. And, uh, yeah, downhill, I mean, it was mainly like climbs, you know. I noticed it uh, anytime I need to put power down. Um, but, um, yeah, there's, there's, uh, the gear, you know, having two extra cogs on the back. Um, I found myself shifting a lot more on the nine speed, I think, because, you know, it's just less, less gears to choose from. Uh, the shifting was nowhere near as smooth. So, but, you know, also it's an old bike, but, um, yeah, it's really, uh, there's a lot, you know, I'm kind of a bit of a curmudgeon. I like to you know slam on some stuff like disc brakes on the road i've never really i've never really thought those were important but now i kind of wish i had them so i could have my carbon wheels and good brakes at the same time so i can see why people like that you know 
but so are you endorsing that ride you did or did I, love that ride, yeah. oh, I, I love that ride yeah oh i love that ride i love that ride it's called zoba and it's kind of like the opposite of ragbri i i've done it a few times it's like instead of fifty thousand people it's 50 people and they're just super chill people and and what i love about it is i'm the fastest person there so like um, you know, that's it's always a good feeling. It's always a good feeling to be the fastest person there. You know, I'm also too. I'm the. Does, does Justin know that feeling? Oh, yeah, uh, he probably does. <laughs> Since Nick Nico left. Uh, okay, what else we got? Do you want to do Dust Bowl? How's that right? Yeah, we need a. Yeah, hey, this is we're going to transfer into ride reports now. So uh, my most recent race was the Dust Bowl 100. It's a hundred mile, mile gravel race. Yeah. My longest one. Previous to that, the Dirty South at uh, 100 kilometers was my longest. So this was a big effort for me. I spent about four months really planning the training for that. And uh, it had 60 miles of gravel and 40 miles of back road. And I didn't think that that was much. I thought, that's it, 60 miles of gravel. <laughs> it was, I was pretty, I was done with the gravel by the end of it. Um, first time in an event, doesn't matter how long the ride is, I've never had hamstring cramps like I had during that. I think the first 60 miles, my average was still about 19 and a half. I was trying to, I had some fast groups to hang with, and I think I paid a price later for that because that was above my my actual talent. Yeah, yeah. So 80, 85 miles in, I was uh, I was doubled over with some screaming hamstring cramps. Do you, do you think it was worth like being with those groups though? Like maybe burning those matches? Yes. Even though you ended up maybe losing a little bit of time on the back end. If I could go back and do it again, I probably would have done the same thing, but I would have been a little heavier on my nutrition earlier on i had a plan it was hard to stick to it because i was in these groups that were fast and we were in pace lines going through gravel through roads i hadn't been on before and the gravel out there in indiana so this was southwest of indianapolis the gravel was the most marbly gravel i've ever been on it was it was roly polies it was loose so when you're on the gravel you sat behind someone real and, gravel yeah and you didn't move brutal it, it was i mean dirty south has some really cool changes and different <laughs> Different terrains, the wettest, brutalest gravel. This is a tribute. <laughs> it was slick. It was slippery everywhere you went, and it was—I mean, it was dry. But I mean, just the way that gravel rolled around, there were, I've never seen that many wrecks. They were all over the place. Oh man! I got a couple of my video. I put on my video, but I saw some bad ones. Hank has a really excellent video from this ride uh, where you can feel like you're in the ride yeah. if you didn't go do it. Um, you, you can hear my slobbering and breathing <laughs> over my camera the whole time. Were you use the mouth for that? Yeah, using the, yeah, the bite so mouth. Hank's the only person I know. He's got like a mouth. Uh, mount, you know, like you hold the. I've never seen this. Yeah, I did vegan not cyclist, vegan. vegan cyclist, yeah. and uh, Jeremiah Bishop do that. And I thought, well, if I want to be a good biker, I need to do the same thing. I've so, never, and like I don't even. It works really well because it feels like you're you're getting the point of view of the rider, uh -huh. and better than pretty much anything else. Because the helmet cam, you're kind of looking down. The chest cam, you're looking. It's kind of weird. You're like inside their stomach. Uh, but the mouth cam is like almost exactly where the eyes are. Yeah. And somehow you can ride and do that. And you I, could, I feel you, like I'd slobber you think, and you think you're going to have trouble breathing, but you don't. You actually, the size of it makes it so you can breathe very well. Wow. I yeah. can talk. My talking's a little bit garbled sometimes through it, but I can breathe through it. You'll hear me slurping and spitting once in a while. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that race was phenomenal. It's the biggest bike race I've been to. As how many, as how many riders? 850, I think. Ooh. And they do something really neat. They, they set aside 200 slots for, for, I think it's 200 slots for women. Oh, and wow, at the okay. end, they had filled up, but they had slots reserved that they wanted more women to come out to the race. So That's awesome. There was a big push, and they have different sides, 180, 60, 40, something like that. Yeah. Um, and it all, they kick off at different times. But hugely, a huge event, well-organized, big band, big food. I mean, that's a 
Big event. I have never done that, but I was talking just last night to my good buddy, Sean, uh, who did do that race, and, and I can attest that he has cramped up like crazy, and also most of the riders with him were cramping up. I don't know what it is about that race that seems to cause intense cramps, but... Uh, I think it's, there's uh -huh. not many there's not many changes in elevation like there's yeah. the second half you start to hit some hills the first half it's pretty flat and so you're just staying at a steady cadence steady tempo steady effort yeah. continuously how was their aid what's that how was their aid aid stations they there was good they were they were back heavy so really it was like 50 60 80 90 oh, like they were back heavy because you didn't need them early on yeah right? so it was they were good. They had all kinds of food That's, there. They had goose. They had pickle juice. They had cokes. They had chips. They had bars. That's always kind like, of trip. like what I always had to figure out with the Dirty South. Yeah, it's like really like probably I only need three bottles yeah. like that whole ride. That's like kind of hard to easily carry three like bottles. Doing the weird bib, yeah, bib pocket bottle mm -hmm. thing. And so then yeah, I did I did three bottles on my bike. I did a 70 ounce Camelback, and I probably refilled three or four bottles. So it's hot. It's hot. You went through a lot. I, yeah, I went through a lot. Way more fluid than I thought I would. It was, but I was glad for those aid stations. You think at 80 and 90, what's the need for redundancy? I needed it. I was glad need, that those were there. <laughs> that, was, that was paramount for me to make it to the finish line. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. But fun um, event, huge event. It was great, but it was not the most interesting scenery because it's. You know, gravel roads in rural Indiana, Indiana yeah. right? But they, it went through covered bridges, and like I said, the second half there was a lot more hills than I thought there would be. It was pretty impressive, actually. So, fun event. Um, speaking of events, we have a local rider, one of our good, uh, solid soil riders, Adam Scro, who is getting ready to, and Michael Norris, getting ready to take on Leadville 100. Uh, I hope to maybe get a report from them in our next episode, you know, coming sometime in um, 2024. <laughs> <laughs> every few weeks, every month, yeah. maybe. Yeah, whenever Gabe calls a solo here again. Yeah. No, I think they're, they'll do well. I was on the phone with one. They were smart. They got there early. Yeah. They've been hopefully, acclimating. Yeah, hopefully they've got acclimated. I think that's like the only thing that could hold them back. Yeah. Is like, but the Columbine climb. Yeah, you know, if you can survive that part of it, you'll survive probably the rest of it. But they're both super strong. I, It'll be I, interesting to see how someone as good as those two are. I mean, they—I mean, they're fast, both of them, very fit. Compared to world-class athletes coming out to that event, it'll yeah, be interesting well, to see. Well, they were running with Lachlan. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. They had photos on their Facebook with Lachlan Morton, so that was pretty awesome. Yeah, actually, know him, you know, like not personally, but it's like, hey, he's a famous guy. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, and from like the videos, it looked like they rode with him. Actually, rode with him for a little yeah. bit. It wasn't just like I see you take take a picture with me. Like they actually uh -huh. got a, a little bit of a ride. Right. That'll be. So. I'm sure they'll have some interesting tales when they come back. Look forward to that. Yeah. Cool. And uh, but there's a couple races maybe coming up and have been released. There's the Catalyst races and the Cannonball. And okay. Cat I don't know anything about. Tell me about Catalyst. Well, Catalyst races are at Touch of Nature. This year, at least, they're calling it the Fall Series. Okay, so, the Fall Series. Yeah, a, a, a two race series. Two race series. Yeah. This is mountain biking, touch of nature. Yeah, so uh, September 9th and October 28th. Okay, is what they have planned right now. Registration is not up though, from the looks of it. Wow, they're kind of 
Well, pushing that, yeah. I mean, September. It's like it is August eighth, and that means that they're going to have a race in. Would you say September? September 9th. Is September 9th. And September 28th. And you can't register October, for it yet? October, October 28th. 28th, yeah. I'll put it on my yeah. calendar right now. Yeah. yeah. So I'll probably plan on yeah. doing those. The September one seems like it's, there's nothing really else probably going on then. No. The October one is a tough day. It's, things in October, there's something every week in October, seemingly. I, I always feel like October is when mountain biking really like kicks in. like around here the trails get it gets so much nicer um yeah. i i haven't been on a mountain bike now f since probably the Glen I don't, probably the glendale race uh i might have rode my little local trail system a couple times why didn't you want to ride after the glendale race oh yeah yeah uh, that, was, that was the last time i rode i rode too that was the last time we had a mountain bike yeah yeah I, i've got a little wall at home where i pin all my numbers on the wall you know and the glendale race i rode on there Hank won really big because he, you know, he beat me. I, I really thought, like, I thought I had that so, like, so easily. I was like, yeah, you I made mean, the mistake at the end of saying, I know, I'm back. I know, <laughs> I know. I was watching the video. Don't be more I, I, like, I, 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 I thought, I thought, well, shoot, I've caught, I've caught up. You should have snuck up. I know. It wouldn't have mattered. I don't know. I would have to like, I would have to come by and like throw an elbow into your gut or something to just like stay like. 30 yards behind, just like soft pedal. Yeah. That's what some of the Kentucky guys said they did to me. Uh, yeah. They, 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 they saw me. They sniped. Yeah. And then they waited for me to take a drink. And then they they went. They're like, yeah, we're trying not to coast back there. <laughs> so so Hank's way, way fitter than me. But I had mountain biked more. And I thought that would give me a, a pretty big advantage. But actually, in the technical stuff, I like sucked hard on this race. And... Uh, that's where I lost him and I had to fight really hard to catch back up to him and then I thought man This is gonna be so easy. I've caught him. I'll just blow by him and laugh the whole time And then he when he when he knew I was behind him It was like he found like two or three more gears So was that in all sections or just like the non-technical section? Uh, it was in the non-technical section there. Well, when I sucked I sucked in all the sections <laughs> um, But yeah, I was catching him probably actually in the non-technical sections in a way I think turning I was, I was catching you in the turning part before we got to the uh, lower bluff trail. I was, I think I was maybe turning a little faster, but really fitness guys is hard to, you know. Michael, the and there was a, there was a, a spritz of motivation for me not to yeah. get passed by you. Yeah. I, I discount that. that was yeah. I, I definitely had the goal of like, I can't let Hank beat me. It's like, nowhere near. And like, well, <laughs> you, you, you completely like, I don't know. You beat me at the dirty by fifty minutes or something like that. So oh, it, was, it, it was like, you know, with the mountain biking, I was like, I have to go out and if I see Hank, I have to bury myself. Yeah, that'd be bad if, if I were to be on your on your tail or anywhere around you on a mountain bike race. That'd be a bad day. So, well, hey guys, I'll take a pause. <laughs> Yeah, I will definitely edit this hey, out. Get on right. um, okay, what else we got? An hour or so. We have. It's about time for me to suit up for yeah, tonight's too. race. Gotta get warmed up. Us old timers need some time to yeah. warm up. Yeah. You gonna race tonight? I think I'll be there. Oh yes. He said it. Yes. It's, on, it's on audio. I think I will show up. I have to wear my my lucky shorts. Lucky. Yeah, he's got his race shorts tonight. We're heading out for our local crit race ride, drop ride. Yeah, not a race. Not, not a race. race. Yeah. So yeah. If you ever, if you ever in the neighborhood, come check it out. It's tons of fun. And it if you, and if you're suffering, just take a breather, and the 
the group comes back around and you hop back on and you yeah. suffer some more. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of fun. And if you have questions for next episode, you know, send them to Golson. Oh, yeah. We want questions. We need mail. Hit us up at the soiled podcast at gmail.com. That doesn't exist, but I'll make it. Um, I guess, uh, you know, just check out our OnlyFans. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'll edit that out. <laughs> Be sure to support us on Patreon. Uh, what else? Bring, uh, yeah, bring Pat a PDR. Want to thank uh, Bike Surgeon for letting us record this today. Thanks, Pat. I uh, want to re- thank our uh, mechanic background audience back there for the background noise. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Really good. And uh, anything else? No. Yep. All right, guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening. This has been Soiled Number One. Later. I can't believe my battery didn't die.